the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now, here is your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I am super excited because... I love missionaries, and I really get excited about young missionaries. And so today you're going to meet Charlie Breda. She's just graduated from high school, Canyon High School, New Braunfels. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how God is sending her around the world with something called World Race Gap Year. She's going to go to four countries. We're going to focus on three of those countries that she's going to, including Guatemala, Ethiopia, and Thailand. Um, and it's just awesome. I just uh, I love what our pastor Jason Powers has said just recently. You know, we celebrate obedience, and this is what Charlie's doing. We're going to talk about how she was on one track uh, academically. She's stellar. She's amazing, and she was going to go off to college right away, but God did something, and now she's going on this mission trip. And you're going to want to hear all about it. So I'm Steve Teal. You can reach me Steve at verybold.com. Send me an email. And we're going we're gonna to get into it. So I want to welcome Charlie Brita to Very Bold Radio and Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is so crazy. <laughs> How's it crazy, Charlie? I am so not the type to do this or be in this kind of situation. So getting used to um, just the attention that God's bringing on me so I can bring glory to him has been super um, weird transition, but I'm really enjoying it. That's good. You're enjoying it? Yes, I am. That, that's good. I'm so glad to hear it. All right. So for some of our listeners, I know some of the people that are tuning in to Facebook Live and radio and the podcast, they know you, they've heard some about World Race, but I know some people, it would just be great to tell them, what is World Race? What the heck is this thing? So World Race is a program put on by Adventures and Missions, which is a nonprofit organization run in Gainesville, Georgia. And the Gap Year program I'm doing is they send 18 to 20-year-olds out to three different countries, and you spend three months in each doing um, mission work. They also have an 11 and 11 route, which means you do 11 countries in 11 months, and that's for 21 to 35-year-olds. That's insane. Yeah, Would you crazy. have done that if it was like open to 18-year-olds? or? I don't know if I could handle that right out of high school, and I've talked about doing it after okay. I graduate college, possibly doing that, but that's crazy to imagine traveling that much that quickly. That's a lot, but you're doing nine months mm-hmm. and really four countries, four countries yeah. but three countries that you're straight doing mission work that yes. we can talk about. Um, that sounds like a lot to me. I mean, coming out of high school, I mean, it was a big deal for me just to go to college and move away from home and everything. You're going around the world. Uh, Literally around the world, all the way around. I think that it was crazy because I always had this straight, like, I had a plan. I had a 10-year plan, and I was sticking to it. 
And then God was like, ha ha, no, <laughs> this is what you're doing instead. And so I've just had to kind of be like, okay, like I'm letting go of control. Like if this yeah. is what you're calling me towards, if this is going to glorify your name, like I'll do it. I'm still not a hundred percent, but like I'm going to do it because you're telling me. And the more that I've like stepped into that and the little yeses that I've said have like given me so much perspective and just being like, oh my gosh, God, like what are you doing? And I'm so ready for it. It's been crazy cool. Wow. All right. Well, back up a little bit and just kind of tell us what was a little bit your 10-year plan. Like what did you think and how did God knock you off that plan? How did that even happen? So I've always been someone who's super academically successful. And so I was like, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to a big college where like it's a big deal to get into so I could have the recognition for myself and like get scholarships and awards yeah. and all the things and then I was going to be published by 25 kids by 27 like Whoa. all the stuff I had it all <laughs> planned out and I kind of got to the point junior year of high school where everyone starts asking you questions mm. what are you doing after high school what does your life look like what do you want to do like all this kinds of questions and I right. had no idea like I just everything was so crazy I was confused I was so anxious all the time when people asked me questions yeah and finally I was just like I'm not answering any questions like ask me about my life now you're like politicians when somebody's asking them questions no about, comment and yeah no comment I'm, I'm, I'm taking done. questions yeah. today no comment <laughs> pretty much I got to the point where I couldn't or else it would just stress me out too much and I brought up world race because I've had a couple of friends do it and okay. I brought it up to my parents in January of my junior year and they said no and I was like, well, cool. I mean, you had some friends that have done it mm -hmm. and everything. But what was the appeal to you when you were like, you know, usually you like a plan and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm stressed out about that. At so. first, I think I was using it as like almost an escape. And my parents yeah. saw that. They oh. just saw that I was like just so stressed out that I was like, I will do anything to not go to college. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And then I brought it up again six months later in a state of just like, no, guys, like I just know that God's calling me towards this. I was at youth camp. And I kept reading Isaiah 6. And I had never read the passage before. And I kept writing on every single day in my journal. I wrote, yeah. here am I, send me. Oh, come on, and like, Charlie. And I had no idea. I didn't even realize that I was doing it until I got home from youth camp. And I like went through my journal looking at it. And I was like, why is that on there? Like I wrote it on every single page. Even if we didn't talk about it that day, it's just like written somewhere on the page. And I was like... Okay. And Whoa. so I started looking into world race. I looked into YWAM a little bit. I looked into any kind of thing to just like, okay, God, if you're saying that you're going to send me, like, where do you want me type thing? And I literally fell in love with world race. I watched so many videos. I looked at the website every day. I was waiting for the routes to be released so I could apply and do it. I was so wow. like on fire for what it was and what it stood for and everything about it. Man, that's crazy. All right. So now how about this time when you bring it up to your parents? So I brought it up in, I guess, July of last year and I sat them down and I was like, okay, <laughs> We're having a conversation. I sat them down. I did. We were in the living room and I was like, okay, like turn the TV off. We're having a conversation. And I just was talking to them about it. And my mom said that she saw so much peace in my face when I started talking about it. And like, there was no like even question about it. It wasn't an escape anymore. It was a calling on my heart and I was so ready for it. And so she just said that she saw like just everything kind of released from my body. And I took like one breath and she was like, okay. Wow. It was the coolest thing to like have my parents be like, okay, we see it. Like we get it and like support me full, like fully on the whole thing. I think that is really amazing, especially, I mean, going back to January when they were first like, no, I don't, I don't think so. No, not, I don't think so. Oh. No, you're not doing it. It was what it was. <laughs> 
So that's pretty amazing. I mean, you came to a different spot. God must have been working on you, you know, to prepare you for that. Thanks for cleaning that up. Can't do it for Facebook Live. Um, but that's just amazing to me. All right. So what happened next? Like, So then in October, the applications opened and the routes were announced. So basically, there's six different routes that you could choose from with Nicaragua, India, Swaziland, all these different places. And we watched the live that they did, the World Race did. And um, they announced all the routes. So this is like a big deal when they announce the routes. Yeah. People tune in just to see. Okay, this is amazing. It's your first look into what that year of gap year will look like. And my whole family was sitting around. We had our phones out. We were watching the live together. And they, like, started announcing them. And uh, route one was Guatemala, Ethiopia, and Thailand. And then I listened to the other ones. But I was like, I don't really, like, I wasn't really paying attention. Because I was like. Mm, okay. <laughs> and um, afterwards, my dad was like, so what are you thinking? And I was like, okay, either route one or route six. And he was like, okay, but I'm going to tell you, like, it's route one. What? He looked at me and he was like, that, like, you can see it, like, all over your face. I don't hide my emotions at all. So as soon as I, like, heard it, I was like, I, like, perked up and was, like, just knew that that was the one for me. I was like, nope, that's where I'm supposed to be. How did your dad know that? I mean, he, you think he just read you or... Yes. <laughs> but my whole body language was just like, like I was yeah. so like already so excited for yeah. the possibilities of that. And one thing that I like wanted to have on my route was Africa. I just knew that I wanted to go to Africa. That was like why the idea of missions was so appealing to me in the first place. I just felt called to Africa. Yeah. But Ethiopia is so different since it's not really an African culture. It's more Middle it's East. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a different um, culture and different environment that I've ever been in. And as soon as I heard it, I was like. Yeah, I want to go there. Wow. And it was the coolest experience. And that's why I know that this is like so affirming of what God wants to do in my life because there's moments of just peace. And I'm like, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. So there's plenty of moments when there's not peace. Yes. When there's anxiety and things like that. But then there just comes moments where you're just like, ah. It's like God confirming like, hey, like this is where you're supposed to be. And like, I'm going to let you rest in what I have for you. So just let it go. Just come on, like come on the ride with me. So that's kind of where I've been. All right, so you applied. Mm-hmm. Um, you were very young applying. Yes, I was 17, and I was almost afraid that I wasn't going to be able to do it because you have to be 18, but it like worked out. Okay. And then you go through an application process, and then you have an interview, and it's an hour-long phone interview with someone who works for Adventures and Missions. And I had it one morning before school since I had a first period off block, so I took it before school. And I actually got accepted on my interview, which is not thats crazy. Not how it's run usually. It's usually you get an interview and then you get a phone call back two weeks later telling you if you've been accepted or wow. whatever. And you get to choose your route and all this kind of stuff. And she was like, nope, like I can feel that this is where you're supposed to be. Like God is telling me right now to tell you yes oh my because gosh. you've said yes to this. So I'm going to tell you like this is what you're doing. Oh, my God. And I was like. I was like, thank you so much. I was bawling on the phone. I called my mom. I like got to school and like, I wasn't really telling people because I didn't know what I was doing after high school yet. And people were already like applying to colleges. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I have no idea. And I get to school and I told almost everyone. I was like, (laughs) I cannot keep it in. I ran to the locker room and like told like the entire cheer team. And I was like, oh my gosh, guys, like I got accepted this morning. And like, just that was when like the journey really started. And it was the coolest thing to see people in my grade and my friends, like my family, my community, all these people just being like so excited for me. Yeah. So it was really cool. All right. So that's really, really exciting. And then there's the work. I mean, there's the the raising funds and all that madness. Was that scary? 
It was scary just because when you start, you have nothing. And you're like, how in the world am I going to get to this huge, like, what seems like it's going to take forever to do? And then it just started, like, rolling in. And I was like, okay. Like, each (laughs) each new, like, thousands or, like, hundreds, whatever it was, I was like, people want me. Like, people are supporting Mm. me. And one thing that they have really drilled into me at training camp was – this is those people's way of doing ministry. Like mm-hmm. some people aren't called to go to the nations, but some people are called to send people to the nations. And like, that's their way of bringing glory to God. And I think that was something that like, I like think back at the people who have donated it and helped me fundraise. And I'm just like, thank you so much for being obedient to your God. Like, yeah. like what? Like, it's not just me being obedient. It's like right. everyone like oh, working for the kingdom. And that was really, really cool to good. see. That's really good. It was really like cool to see that. And just people start like, pouring into me not just like money it was prayers and it was thoughts and it was comments and it was people like commenting on my blog or like telling me about it and like how it worked in their life and that was really cool for me to see oh that's incredible and i just want to tell our listeners especially i know facebook live we got the links right there but if you're listening on kslr um charlie brita dot the world race dot org charlie brita dot the world race dot org um she's a really gifted writer um she's shaking her head no facebook live can see that but uh, radio cannot so i can just tell them no um you want to go and uh, get online and read some of her blogs every time they come out i just man i'm just touched each and every time and i can't wait to see i don't know if you're gonna have time to like update during the world race or mm-hmm. not um but i'm really looking forward to that as well um, so you are real quick and we said, you know, we're going to tell your story and that's the most important thing, but just real quick, you need to raise over $16,000 yes. for nine months, traveling the world, reaching people for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I got to say, that's a bargain. And they, when we were at training camp, um, they kind of sat us down there like, Hey, this is what the money goes to. And like, we actually like, we're a nonprofit. Like we don't make like, this yeah. is not for us we're not in it for the money like we're doing the best that we can for all of you and so it was cool to see where the money actually goes to and to know that they're truly using it so we can travel and we can do all the things that they've called us to do if you just think about i mean nine months of eating food but then also traveling to Guatemala, Ethiopia, Thailand, and Malaysia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems to me like the airline tickets would just so <laughs> expensive. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. All right. So, kind of where are we? And then I want to talk about training camp, and I want to mm-hmm. hear what God has been doing through that. Um, kind of where are you though financially? I'm sitting at eleven thousand right now, okay. which is actually ahead of goal because we have two goals that we have to meet, and so I've met both of them already. And the final goal is January, while I'm on the route, like on the race. And I have to be fully funded by then. Okay, so that's good for people to know because they may be thinking, because you're leaving September what? When are we, when are we leaving? The second or the, the second? third. Yeah. One of those the days. The first is a Sunday. I know that. So, so then the third. The third. The you're, third. You're leaving. So somebody might be listening and thinking, oh, it's too late for me to get on board. No, but not it's not. Yeah, okay. All right, let's talk about training camp. Tell training our camp. listeners what that <laughs> – I love that. You're already going there. <laughs> yes. Um, tell our listeners what this is about and why World Race does it. So training camp is 10 days in Gainesville, Georgia um, at the Adventures and Missions um, base, their mm-hmm. main um, hub, I guess. And we camp out and we set up tent and we sleep in sleeping bags, sleeping pads. We do all the kinds of camping stuff. We live with the Are bugs. Are you a camper? Are you a... Um, I love nature. <laughs> you love nature. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> That's the answer. 
Georgia. Yes, uh, Georgia was way hotter than I expected it to be. Yeah. And the humidity was killer, but it was good. And then we basically live with our squad. So my squad is 43 people. Whoa, that's a lot of people. How many people were at the camp overall? Because I'm trying to get a picture. What are we talking about? 100 220. people? 220. That's yeah. a lot of people. There's 220 kids. And your squad is 43? We have one of the largest squads, yeah. Okay. All right. Go on then. So we have a squad of 43. We all live in one campsite and okay. our tents are literally inches apart and you hear everything. Oh my gosh. It was really interesting. Plus the bugs are so loud that at night, you have to wear earplugs, but it was fine. And then every day we get up at 7.30. We have morning devos with our team, which is a group of six or seven of us. So my team is a girl, a group of seven girls. And then we go to breakfast. We eat family style. And each day is a different culture. So we got to experience food from South Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, India. We had all South America, Central America, every place that you can imagine that wow. we're going to. We had different food. So each day was a different um, culture and we had to fit the cultural guidelines. So dress code and wow. like in India, we had to cover yeah. our heads at meals and we mm. couldn't let our ankles show. And so it's cool to see them actually implement culture. So right. we're respectful and honoring people in those cultures and getting used to it now. And so we had meals together. We ate family style. Most days we had to eat with our hands. When you say family style, what are you, what are you saying? We had a huge platter of just food and then you place it on the table and everyone just goes at it <laughs> pretty much and okay. trying to get as much food as you can because the portions were a little bit smaller just because America has huge portions. True. So true. getting our stomachs used to what food will be like other places. And then we use bucket showers every day. All right, wait. I want to. I want to get to bucket showers for sure. Okay. Because, but uh, food wise, like, did you have a favorite meal? On uh, well, okay, we had coming home day, which was our last day, and we got okay. to eat American food again. Oh, that was your favorite. That wasn't my favorite, oh. but that was also really nice, just to have <laughs> mac and cheese again. That was really good. But we had um, pho for breakfast one day. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely very interesting. But that was on Asia Day. It was definitely very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh, Charlie. What do you mean? Come on now. Have you ever had pho for breakfast? No, I I tried not to. (laughs) Yeah, I I usually don't either. And then that same day, we had Asia Day all day. And I love Asian food. So we had like stir fry and just so many. Oh, it was so good. It was really good. Okay. So you'll get that in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Go on. And then... Did you have any meal that you were like, oh my gosh... I'm not going to be eating in Ethiopia or wh- wherever because it's not good. Well, one of the days we had Adventure Day for our food. Adventure Day. And they didn't tell you what any of it was. And you just had to eat it. <laughs> oh. And I don't, I don't really like that. You did really that. well with that, right? Mm, with surprises and no. not being in control? Okay. So that was interesting. So for breakfast, we had eggs that were dyed green and crickets and Yum. things like that. When you're not allowed to ask questions, it's a little bit like, do I want to eat or do I want to eat the cliff bars that I have stacked in my <laughs> tent? Because that's pretty much what all of us did was eat cliff bars the whole time. But So did you try those crickets? I did not try the crickets. Are you disappointed at all that you no. didn't? No. Not, no regrets. No. No regrets. And they also had a petrified egg or a preserved egg, a thousand year egg. And it was, I don't know, it's black on the inside. It's like boiled and it smells like rotten eggs. And so we had people eating that and they're like, Charlie, try it. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> you can't even, there's no peer pressure in the world that could get me to try that. I will not do that. So. What if, uh, what if somebody like, you know, on Facebook said, oh, I'll give you a thousand dollars if you'll, you'll eat that. Okay. Then yes. Okay. Then that's, so there that's, is. Not, that's not, that's peer not peer pressure. pressure they're, they're older than me. If they're older than me, it's not peer pressure. All right. I might've set a dangerous precedent. 
Tiffany. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So bucket showers. Bucket showers. This is explain. They give you a bucket and a hose and Uh then um, like a like a pail, like a like a cup, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they give you stalls, so there's curtains and there's privacy. But you take oh, yay, your hooray. you take your bucket of cold water and your um, little cup, and you go into a stall, and you have five minutes to take a bucket shower. So, what kind of experience was that? Did you hate it? Did you love it? What's the scoop? the The first time I did it, it was pitch black outside, so I had my headlamp on while I was trying to like take a shower pretty much because yeah. they don't have lights out because it's outside yeah and so the first day i was like i'm never doing this again i just will not shower the rest of the time but then i figured out that if you just get up extra early in the morning mm. you can take showers in the morning it's really nice and the cold water was actually really nice in the georgia humidity yeah it turned out to be really really okay. nice especially okay. because if you shower at night your hair was not gonna be dry in the morning because yeah. the humidity was just like oh my gosh okay. it was really really interesting the first night i was like I'm never doing that again. But most of us had baby wipes, and we baby wiped it out a lot of the time. Okay. <laughs> because that's that's how it worked, because we were just so gross, and the lines for the showers were so long, because there's 200 girls showering wow. in eight showers, like, every day. Whereas the guys, there's only 32 guys in eight showers. Wait, there's 200 girls that are doing this and only 32 guys? Mm-hmm. How, how do you explain that? What's the scoop there? I don't really know. I don't know if guys are just... I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a okay. guy. I don't I'm understand. <laughs> but there's only 32 guys. So there's six guys on my route, which is the most guys on any route that okay. um, was there. So that was cool to see that we have guys who really do love the Lord and mm. like we're here for the right reason. And they all got along super well. So it was cool to see that work out because I was a little nervous because sometimes guys don't get along like that. But right. it was really cool to see them. And they really got into our dance battles, too. They had a blast. <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh, that's great. All right. Let's talk about some of just the spiritual like growth or aspects. Mm-hmm. Like what were you – what did you see? What did you learn? I definitely – my biggest thing was I had never experienced worship or freedom mm. in the capacity that I did while I was there. Because when you go to a church camp or when you go to church, right. like, yes, people are mostly there for the right reason, but – it's not always intentional. And when you go to something like this, mm. you have 220 kids, like mm-hmm. young adults who have chosen this and feel called to do it and are so intentional with their like with their lives pretty much that you get into a place of worship and you can just feel it because everyone wants to be there. And that's something that's so encouraging to me is to know that I'm surrounded by people in a community who actually want to be there and no one's obligated to be there. If you didn't want to be there, you didn't have to sign up. You know what I mean? You had to go out of your way to find world race and to be like, yes, like God, you're calling me to this. I'm going to say yes. Right. So to have that community around you and everyone randomly will just like come up and hug you and like pray for you. You're a big hugger. I know. Mm. (laughs) I have actually, that's Uh another thing. Yeah. I learned to love community. Like I was so nervous going into it because I am introverted and I love to be by myself and Mm -hmm. time by myself. But when I was by myself at training camp, I was like, where where are my people? Like I want to be around them. And that was something that was really cool for me because as someone who doesn't make friends super easily, because I'm usually pretty guarded and I don't really let people in it was so easy to be like hey guys like this is me like thank you so much for still loving me and like being in my life and like being my community because I've never really had like this many girlfriends that was the weirdest thing was tell us about that what yeah with girls yeah 
I'm just usually not someone who likes to deal with drama and gossip and like high school things. Yeah. And so in high school, I struggled to find a solid friend group that I did not feel like gossip was the main topic of conversation. Mm. And so going to training camp, being surrounded by 30 something girls, like all the time I was like, Ooh, this is going to end badly. (laughs) And there was no drama. There was no pettiness. There was no conflict. We just were all there to encourage and support each other and accept that this is life now. And these are sisters and these are like, this is family. So let's make the best of it. And that was something that was really cool. Like even when we had free time, we would all go down and get snacks together and sit at tables and like share each other's stories. Like there was so many times where people were like, tell me your story. Just tell me your story. I just want to hear your story. And I was like, I love this. Like I love to hear about people's lives and get to know them better. And so that was something that was super just encouraging to me to know that people actually cared about who I was and like why I was there. So that was really cool. Right. That is, that's awesome. So, I mean, yeah, I do think of like introversion and needing your own time. This sounds like just totally transforming. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how God did that. We did have, so one of the days they implemented um, Sabbath. So we had a free time basically, and it was quiet hours um, for three hours from nine to noon on a Tuesday morning. And they gave us art supplies. They gave us pens. Oh. They gave us pencils, whatever we wanted to do. The only thing is we had to stay quiet and we had to stay outside. And it was basically, they're trying to get you to understand that life as a missionary is not always go, 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 go. Mm. It's a lot of downtime. And like what you choose to do in that downtime is significant in the way that you love people and the way that you glorify God. And so we basically got to spend time with the Lord by ourselves. And that was kind of my moment of like refill. I was like, okay, like my introvert self could like do this. Like if I just have this time once a week, even like once a day, anything, I will be okay. And we got to, we were still, I was still in a community. I was still with a group of people, but we painted and we got to watercolor and just like, (laughs) you still were by yourself. I was like, I was with a group, but just kind of like, that's amazing. Separated from the group a little bit, but I was still surrounded by people. Okay. And, um, I didn't talk to anyone though. I just got to be by myself and like in my own head and like with God. And I just like watercolored. And that was the most like peaceful moment because I'm like outside. It's beautiful outside. It was actually a little windy, so it wasn't too bad. And it was just getting to sit there with God and just be like, wow, like this is so nice. Dang. It was the coolest. I loved it so much. I like got to the point where I was sad to leave training camp. And I was like, I did not think I would get here ever. I mean, it sounds so intense the Mm -hmm. entire time. Yeah, you're basically going all day long. So you go to breakfast and then you have sessions until lunch and then you come out and you have sessions again and then you have squad time. So you have team builders and you have like getting to know you like getting to know each other games and then you have dinner and then you have worship and then you have another session and then you have more wow. squad time and it's every single day. Yeah. And so the first couple of days we felt like we had been there for two months already and we were yeah. like, how are we going to do this for nine months? And then it just starts to get to a point where like it becomes normal and routine and we were so sad to leave. We we're all sitting in the airport and we were like, we don't want to leave. Like it was the weirdest thing. Like, I was so ready to be home because I love my family. But at the same time, I was like, I can't wait to do nine months of this with you guys. And that was a really good, like, place for me to leave, like, super excited for World Race. Yeah, that's pretty fantastic to have that training camp and to come away like, Mm -hmm. oh, I want more. Mm -hmm. Where, I mean, it seems like somebody would be like, oh, I I can't Mm -hmm. do this. Did anybody drop out that you know We did have, we, not on my squad, but there were 
four or five people from probably each squad who dropped out during training camp just because you go into it with certain expectations. And I think my big thing was like, you can't have any expectations because... How did you know to go in with that mindset? Because I just know that I'll get disappointed or I will Uh. feel like it's a personal thing. I go into everything with like very little expectations. (laughs) That way, anything better than that is like awesome. Right. Um, But I just think they went into it with certain expectations and it was not met and Mm -hmm. they just didn't feel it so we had a lot of people drop out um from other squads for sure like in the first couple of days just because it was rough and if you didn't take time to actually rest in what god had for you i feel like it was probably a little bit difficult yeah. especially if you're already on the edge about what you were doing yeah i just i couldn't imagine dropping out though like i was so content with where i was and that was the biggest thing for me to not just feel contentness in yeah. that like situation it was really cool have you had some doubts along the way i mean this is a long journey where you've kind of thought uh oh. Um, I think my hardest time was when graduation started to come around and senior year was ending and I'm someone who I do strive academically and I love to be recognized for that. I'm a words of affirmation kind of gal. (laughs) And so when I had people getting scholarships or going to really crazy schools and I was like witnessing all this and just feeling like, like I wasn't being recognized for something yeah. that I know is so cool. That was like a part where I was like, God, like, why are you calling me to this? Like, why are you doing this? Like, mm. I don't understand right now. Like, I'm so like, I just want to be doing what everyone else is doing, which that's not a mindset I've ever had. No, I know. I love to stand out. I love to be by my, like be my yeah. own person. But it was kind of at the point where like, I was like, I feel like I'm missing out on so much or I'm going to miss out on so much. And so once I got, once I graduated and like summer started and I was like, I was getting so excited for training camp that I was like, if I'm this excited for training camp, like I'm so excited for nine months of this, like it's going to be so good. And like, God's called me for this, like to like for a reason. So I'm going to completely rest in that and be like, okay, like why would I even spend time thinking like, what ifs that's not, that's not who I am. And that's not what God has called me to do. So I'm going to be like, okay, like I said, yes. And like people have supported me and like God has called me towards this. So like Charlie, just go in full force. And something they said at training camp that I have never heard before, but like really spoke to me was enter in with everything. Ooh, that's cool. And like, I just thought about it and I was like, even like in a kingdom mindset, like, yes, enter in with everything, like leave everything behind, like abandon it. Like, that's what God calls you to do is to deny yourself and take up your cross. And I was like, okay, yeah. But it's even like with everything, like enter into relationships with everything, enter into your work with everything, like give everything you have. Like, that's so cool to me to even think like, I'm not just going to do things halfway. Like I'm going to do things to the best of my capability because I know that that like is glorifying God and bringing like worship to him. And so that kind of spoke to me a lot. And I was like, wow, like if I just have that mindset with everything, if I just enter in with everything, like everything will be to abundance. And that's so cool. Man, that is some good stuff. My goodness. I'm loving it. All right. Here's what I want to ask uh, next is tell us what you know about what the mission work looks like. Is it different in each country? I mean, how do these squads, how do these teams mm-hmm. work? What what can you tell us? So basically my whole squad is um, who travels together. So we travel to each country together. And then my team is who I do ministry with. So my team of seven girls, we will go out um, and do ministry together. And so we had a day where we got to practice teaching English and coming up with lesson plans. And we pre- like we wow. planned VBSs that we might be doing in other countries. We um, came up That's with cool. games and skits and songs and hand motions to go with the songs. So a lot of what we'll be doing is children's ministry. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I love kids, so I'm so excited. So it might be doing a VBS. It might be 
working at a camp in Guatemala that's like two hours away from the base. It might be um, working in orphanages and just holding babies in Thailand for days and days and days. How do you feel about that? I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) And it might be village walks. So walking around villages Mm -hmm. in Ethiopia and praying for people. It might be evangelizing on the streets. So each ministry will look different. And when we get to our um, country, we'll be assigned ministry hosts and they will be who basically they work for adventures and missions and they will be who directs us and give it like they give cultural guidelines and they just make sure that you know where you're supposed to be, what you're doing. And they kind of are like our hosts for the three months that we're there and they will assign our ministries. And then that's what we'll do. And we'll probably have three to four ministry days a week. And then um, the rest of the time is like, our time to like be with God and be with our squad. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get some introversion time. I will get some introversion time. Okay. So this is interesting to me. Like you're going to do a VBS maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so they don't give you the material. Like here's what the VBS is going to be. They're like, you guys create Mm -hmm. it pretty much. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then they like taught us how to speak with translators because sometimes we might be preaching in a church. And so we have to like know how to use a translator. And they taught us so much. Like one of the days we just straight up with, we're talking about ministry and like what that looks like and yeah. all the little rules. And so we talked about preaching. We talked about teaching. We talked about all kinds of stuff. It was one of the like my, that was probably my favorite day just really? to get practical like yeah. applications to use while on like. The mission field, which is something I've never done. I've never done a huge mission trip like this. Right. So it's been kind of like I'm kind of on the edge just about like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to mess up, all this kind of stuff. But to like have real ways to implement it is going to be really helpful when I actually go on the field. Right. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. All right. How about spiritual warfare? Did you guys talk about that at all? Like We did for sure, especially they call this the seven weeks that we're home between training camp and when we leave. We call, They call it the in-between yeah. Which is very true because it's such a weird transition time just where, like, you just did something crazy. Right. And, like, there was so much um, healing and restoration and worship and praise in that one, like, spot with yeah. so many kids. Yeah. And then you go home and you have to go back to reality is kind of what they call it. And, like, how do you implement that again into yeah. your everyday life? And then how do you prepare for nine months of craziness from God? Yeah. Like, what? And so <laughs> they just talked about, like this is what you're called to do. And like, you have to make sure that your focus is like on your relationship with God, because if you're not fully in to that relationship, if you're not like honed in on like what you're called to do, you're going to almost crumble just a little bit. Cause like, you're going to have so many doubts and like homesickness already. Like when you're like home. And I know for me, it's like, I get homesick thinking about how homesick I'm going Uh, to feel. Yeah. So it's like, I have to remember that, like, this is the moment, and I have to live in this moment and, like, glorify God in this moment, of course, but, like, also take it all in because I'm going to have nine months with the people who I just, like, met and loved and, like, spent time with. So I have to make sure that I'm balancing, like, hey, living in the moment, but also being so excited to, like, leave. Right. So they talked a lot about just what your 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 devo time, your devotional time looks like with God, how to stand firm in your faith. We Like, the last day, we talked a lot about just, like, the enemy is going to try and attack you because mm-hmm. you're doing something so big. Right. Like, it's going to happen. So what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to, like, basically, at- like, attack, not attack back, but, like, defend yourself? Yeah, like, how yeah. are you going to defend your faith? So that was really Did you cool. come up with anything, like, as a group or as a team or on your own that you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to implement to stand strong? For me, it's just I have to implement the fact that my community at home is my community. And, like, I want to pour into 
like the community here and one thing that they said is your like your race does not start when you leave in September you're like this is month one of your race oh. so like how like how do you want your race to look because if you implement that here you're gonna do it on the field yeah so like that was something that I was like okay just pretend you're on the race already like how would you pour into people how would you minister to people how would you love them because that's what I want to do while I'm here so that's when I cool. go it's not this like weird like 180 like trying yeah. to fix it because I don't want to be someone who's just a missionary when she's in Africa. Right. Like I want to do it all the time. So that was really cool. Oh man, that is so cool. Yeah. They're oh like, this gosh. is, this is month one of your race. I was like, yeah, it is. It <laughs> is month one of my race. So it's cool. So you've been able to do that, like pour into people's lives. I mean, I know you've just coming back and everything. Yeah, so. I think so. The day I got back, I got back Friday night and the next day I like went and picked up a girl from the youth group. Um, and I was like, do you want to hang out? You just want to hang out. And I don't do that normally. Normally I'm like, I just want to be by myself. Like right? I just want to spend time to like process and internally process everything. But I like texted her and I was like, do you want to come and run errands with me? Like, who, just, who is that? Priscilla. You weren't going to say her name. No. Her dad's going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> Priscilla. Priscilla. Yeah. She's wow. like my little sister. So to be able to like love on her yeah. and even she said, she says, I have an aura of happiness around me right now. And I want to spread that. Like yeah. she said bubble at first. And then she was like, no, 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 it's not a bubble because you're spreading it. And I was like, it's an aura. And she was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, yeah. And that's what I want. That's what I want that's people cool. to see like of me is like this aura of just like joy. And I want them to be able to ask me like, why the heck are you like that? You know? And so I can start a conversation. And so I got to spend time with her on Saturday and like tell her about it. And it was the first time I was like talking to someone outside of training camp about training camp. And I was like, let me just tell you everything. And so that was really cool to like be able to see her and just like then go to youth group the next day and like talk about it again. Oh, I just love talking about it. (laughs) That is awesome. man. well, Charlie, Brita, anything else you want to, you know, add or just share with somebody who's listening or watching? I've got my own thing I'll add, but anything you want to add? I just think that you didn't cover maybe one big thing that I like realized was at training camp was like the little yeses matter mm. and like doesn't matter how little you think the yes is like God uses every like every step of obedience to his like glory and like you can say yes to picking a friend up from school you can say yes to anything but like as long as you're loving on people like God sees that and like he thinks that that's so cool and like the only thing that we can do to make him happy is worship him and like give him worth so that's it. I'm loving it. I'm lo- That's it. That was amazing. Is your mom just falling apart over there? How's she doing? No, no. <laughs> she's good. That was incredible. All right. Um, so that is Charlie Brita. I want to remind you, and I know Ernesto's doing a great job of getting the website up there, charliebrita.theworldrace.org. Um, I'm telling you, you, you want to read her blogs. I just love them. She really is a gifted writer. And uh, if God is calling you to support this mission, this incredible nine months, Guatemala, Ethiopia, Thailand, and Malaysia at the end, um, just impacting lives, it's going to be incredible. Don't you want to already like hear about it? And I mean, it's just going to be amazing. So I'm really excited and would love for you to get on board with that. Uh, so Facebook Live and uh, our podcast listeners, I am Steve Teal for Very Bold Radio and Podcast, steve at verybold.com, steve at verybold.com. Send me an email if you want more information about Charlie. You can go to her website or you can email me and uh, I'll get you in contact with her. But I just love um, the obedience to God and I love how God called her and made it clear and there's challenges and there's steps along the way. And maybe that's another thing. Maybe somebody who's watching um, is feeling kind of the same sort of thing like, 
man, I'm kind of stuck going this way, but I feel like God is calling me to do something different. And maybe that's what he's doing right now. So I want to pray for you as God is directing you. And some of you are just like, no, I'm not called to go. I'm not called to go to Guatemala, but I can support Charlie in this, or I can support someone else in this. So I encourage you to do the same. But I love those, uh, those little yeses. And so I, I encourage you. You know, very bold ministries comes from Second Corinthians three twelve. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. And I want to encourage you today to listen for God's voice and what He's directing you to do. And maybe it's not about Guatemala or Ethiopia. Maybe it's about your neighbor. Maybe it's about your spouse. Maybe it's about you know someone in your family, someone that you can pray for, someone that you can encourage. Whatever it is, be listening because God wants to talk to you. And let your yes be yes. Be ready. He's going to put something on your heart today because he wants to use you. And he can use you in a way that he can use no one else. So be ready to be very bold. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and uh, come back next week. We've got Difference Makers all the time. And I really have a heart for young missionaries like Charlie Brita. And I just can't wait already to have her back in 10 months or whatever it's going to be to hear all about it. I have a feeling one show is going to be really hard to hard to do it. So God bless you guys. Be very bold and we'll see you next week. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.